0: Hi, my name is Andrew Jocelyn, I am a Seattle composer, and you are listening to The Remix.
1: so much for tuning in today. This is a song called Spinning Wheels featuring Eric Anderson. Andrew Andrew Jocelyn is the composer behind this track. Comp- contributing Grammy award-winning composer Andrew Jocelyn. That's exactly who I'm talking about, who's sitting right here next to me. Hello Andrew.
0: Hello. How's it going?
1: I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, so let me just uh, let me just give people a bit of an overview of who you are. Uh, you write original music for film, commercials, podcasts, the concert stage, also mm-hmm. video games. Yeah. Uh, you form the Passenger String Quartet, uh, an avant-garde experimental neoclassical group. And on top of all this, you've got your solo debut record out uh, yep. right now, and it's it's called uh, Awake at the Bottom of the Ocean. And so you've got so many things going I've I've, I've yeah. talked with you before, and I was yeah. telling you before we turned the mics on, I was like, so I knew that you're a very talented man and you're an orchestrator of things and of people and of music. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't realize just exactly how much you had going on because you the passenger string quartet, you back you've backed many bands yeah. and you do a lot of just you do a lot of creative projects. And so this thing, this this is your new baby. Yeah. This this solo, this debut album for you.
0: I, I would almost call it the flagship. Like yeah. everything else is like the little destroyers on the outside of the fleet and this is like the main kind of Yeah, it's the flagship. This is the carrier. This is the thing that I've been really kind of putting my heart and soul behind for maybe like a couple years now.
1: So how do you describe this album to people when you talk about it? Because it
0: is you. uh, You're behind all of the orchestration, Mm -hmm. and you have... The songwriting, the arrangements. Mm -hmm. uh, I co-produced it. Um, The producer on the record was Martin Fevier. He did Queens of the Stone Age. He's done stuff with Brandi Carlile. Okay. So... With this record, um, uh, the best way I can describe it is it's a journey. Number one, it first started off as just a scoring and songwriting reel. Because mm-hmm. I had, I worked with everyone from Mark Lanigan to Judy Collins to Macklemore to blah, blah, blah. You know, and it doesn't matter. It's it's That's a whole pedigree and that's great. But and that's just the singer-songwriter world. And then I'd done little kind of bits and pieces of commercial work with like Zillow and working with um, you know, commercial placement stuff with Marmoset down in Portland. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I've kind of, as far as I can take it as a, um, a working musician, like I've done everything from the commercial to the, the artistic and in between. And, but it's always been at the, everyone else has always had a final say on what the product was and what the art was. Right. And for me, like I really wanted to have a piece of art that I write, I, create i put my heart and soul into and so originally it was like hey i just wanted to have a showcase of what i can do Mm -hmm. and then um this was the the conceiving stage of this was like around 2014 middle of that and that's when i started kind of writing stuff um the real bulk of the writing actually didn't happen until very very beginning of 2015 Mm -hmm. and that's when uh like, I suffered a house fire. There was like a bunch of stuff that went on, like my cat died. There was like, yeah, you know, there's like tens of millions of things. It's like life kind of just slapped me in the face. And you even awesome. have,
1: a, uh, have a song on this record uh, called, what is it? Enchanted Life of a One Year Old Kitten. Yeah. About your cat, Mendes. Oh, it is
0: absolutely bittersweet. Yeah. Who yes. has
1: unfortunately passed yeah. in the
0: fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's the, the record is. Um, originally, I went about it from a very businessy kind of way and I always love kind of sharing the story of like I think it was um, uh, Michelangelo or uh, who was the, the sculptor? He like he was doing the statue of uh, David David yeah and he he, we, he went to the stone slab and he, you know, he didn't just like start chipping away at it and be like, I'm going to make this into David. He just let the stone told him what it was going to become, not right. the other way around. And that's how this record came about. I kind of just started chipping away at the stone and all of a sudden like I'm writing about a song, you know, in regards to touring with Macklemore. And I'm like, I don't want to write about that. But then all of a sudden I am writing about it. Right. And you were like, just
1: sort of driven to do that. and it, that's It what...
0: told me what it wanted to become and yeah. I was just kind of the shepherd for the process. Yeah. So the best way I can describe this record is a journey. But it's a... Uh, it's a very it, it's an emotional sh- it's a really emotional showcase of what i can do but what i was really feeling during a period of time mm-hmm. you know and with all that being said it's um you know uh for more just kind of like cut and concrete kind of description uh, it's it's orchestral pop like cuz i i write i write in the the classical medium of orchestral arranging mm-hmm. like you know like um you know, like a John Barry or Alexander Desplat or John Williams. And, you know, these these artists that, you know, are very much in the cinematic world. Right. Um, But I've uh, – and George Martin's a great example and a great uh, – I'm a great admirer of his work, especially with the Beatles, obviously. Right. So I always kind of look at those guys as like, you know, there. – some people are like, oh, that's kind of like an outdated, like – um figure in music and I'm I'm always like no no I want to bring that back I think that's so cool like the guy that like knows all the instruments in the orchestra and the band that can write for everything sure and is also kind of producing and also kind of like coming up with these ideas and And the one and
1: the one thing though that you didn't do and we'll get into that in the next segment because we're running out of time here the one thing that you will not find on this record as far as I know is your voice your actual Very, very vocal.
0: distantly, there is my backup vocal in one or two of the tra- okay. tracks.
1: So tricks. we will talk about that. Or the Trakes. We will talk Tricks. about that uh, when we come back here. We're going to go out here with a song called Plastic Heaven featuring Will Jordan, and we'll talk about uh, all the artists you have on this record. A lot of them are local, which is fantastic. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, again, I'm talking with uh, Andrew Jocelyn, and we're chatting about his debut records, Awake at the Bottom of the Ocean, here on Cairo
0: Radio. while sleeping, connecting these darts still wishing for that perfect moment. We are we are ever happy those people on my television ever rushed and flawless friendish so happy. Hey, I'm Patrick Galactic. I make really scary psych folk, and you're listening to the remix.
1: Welcome back to The Remix. We have a flashing ghost light in the studio that's happening right now. None of you listening can see this, but all of a sudden, the light above me is flashing like an emergency beacon of something. Something very strange is happening in the Cairo studios today. Maybe it's because I'm playing Andrew Jocelyn, some some music from his debut solo record, Awake at the Bottom of the Ocean. I have Andrew Jocelyn here in studio, and this is a song called Mantra for a Struggling Artist featuring Billy McCarthy of Augustine's. Hello, Andrew Jocelyn. Hello. Welcome back. I am back. Thanks for sticking around uh, over didn't, that, you that break. You didn't let me go. No, you I locked did not. the doors. I did, yeah. And it's <laughs> weird because there's no locks on them, and I just told you that they were locked and you believed me, which is very strange.
0: Right, like these flashing lights. Exactly.
1: When we last left, we were we were obviously we were just talking about your new record and sort of um, how it's how you uh, are the orche- you, the orchestrator the or what how how do I say that you're I, the
0: it's I, I'm a man of many hats so yes. it's the it's the orchestrator the writer the writer producer orchestrator and also performer too because right. it's like I my my violin viola and cello skills are over. Every single track. So like I layered myself like 14, 15 times each take, you know, and then also had like a whole, you know, orchestra I came in and conducted for a final day of recording and right. flutes and oboes and... And, horns and
1: maybe a couple of hobos. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that we don't hear, uh, at least in in the forefront, is your voice. You have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different um, guest artists that, that are performing on this record. And many of right. them are local. Uh, Shelby Earl, Eric Anderson of Cataldo, yep. um, Susie Sun, Audra Boo, Mark Lanigan. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we just heard, Billy McCarthy of Augustines, and then also Will Jordan. So, uh, on the break before we came in here, you were about to tell a story about why uh,
0: you wanted to have Billy
1: McCarthy on this record. Yeah. What, what, so. Tell me so, about that.
0: Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, um, I was working as an A&R manager for a record label. And uh, one of the clients that I worked with was the Augustines. Mm-hmm. So I was helping them do tour budgets, budgets for a recording studio. They're one of their, I think not their newest record, but the one prior to that, I helped them kind of like get producers and figured out where they're going to go and figured out they're traveling from New York up to upstate, right. you know, and it's like, it was really fun, and I got to grow really close with Eric and Rob and Billy from mm-hmm. the Augustines, and just absolutely love the guys, and you know their whole thing why they're called the Augustines is they're all born in August. Ah, I did not know so, that. So, and I was I'm a uh, August kid as well, so they always kind of. As kinda, am I? Yeah, they always joked. You're like, oh, you're like the extra August <laughs> August Fifth Beetle. I'm the fifth Beetle. Yeah, and um. Uh, I think uh, a couple of like, you know, I I had a mutual parting with the label a couple of years ago and about a week after that I got a call from Mclemore's management and yeah. like hey we're gonna go on a world tour you wanna come with and I was like yep totally <laughs> and then a week after that Billy calls me and he's like hey man we're gonna go on a tour do you really? wanna come with us <laughs> oh my god and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> I would love to but I already said that is said, so cool said yes to another deal <laughs>
1: yeah well that's gotta make you feel really damn good I it, mean to I mean, get a did. call from two major components in the music industry yeah
0: oh I mean totally different paths though yeah it's like for sure you know and I the thing that's crazy is I had so many really deep talks with both Eric and Billy from the Augustines just about um being an artist what does it mean to have actually have a normal life as an artist yeah is that possible and I actually after one conversation with Billy a really really poignant one that we had at the Bowery Ballroom in New York mm-hmm. um I saw a show and he was like really disgruntled about the show and the audience and everything and um I actually, the formation of this song kind of started happening because of that. Because it was like a, it's almost like a sympathy kind of pain for artists. Right. right? Because we're all trying to make it in this crazy uh, industry. So like it, what keeps us coming back? And, and is it
1: possible to have a normal life? I mean, what was the uh, the end of that discussion? If, if you know, maybe it was an open-ended sort of discussion. Well, But is it, yeah. did you guys decide on anything, you know?
0: I think the thing is it's, you know, it's, you have to get into it for the right reasons. It's, you, you know, life is, you know, like if, if you're a freelance writer or freelance like coding expert, mm-hmm. your life is not gonna be necessarily the most normal nine to five. And who's to say that a normal nine to five is the the, the main walk of life that we all want to adhere to. Right. So it's really all it is is all, for me, a normal life is one where you can, you can actually like pay your bills, you can, Rely reliably support your kids through college. Yeah, pay a mortgage, be able to like actually have a normal, slightly normal domestic life. You know, maybe sure. you have to tour every once in a while, or you have to do this and that. But that that, you know, that makes
1: sense, though. I mean, like because it, yeah. with with a, whatever job you have in life, if it's a musician or mm-hmm. someone who works in radio. You're going to have different responsibilities and different things that you're going to have to do. But you're saying if you can at least pay your bills and have a family if you choose to or do all of that, quote, normal stuff to take care of things and make it. Those
0: are normal. Those are normal kind of. uh, Yeah, it's important to have. I mean, it's not necessarily important to have a mortgage per se. Right. It's like it is important to like feel like. What you do, because I I, I always feel like music isn't a a career. It's a calling, Mm -hmm. you know, and of course, there's a lot of struggling artists out there and a lot of people. But the problem is it's music's not a meritocracy. None of the arts are. Mm -hmm. So you could be like the most amazing guy and no one's going to care. No one's going to really, you know, get it. Right. So it's I mean, this is a, a conflict that I have just. So much, because there's so many people out there that deserve the limelight and they're not getting it. Guaranteed, there's other better uh, orchestrators and composers out there than me, and they're never going to get the limelight. But maybe I'm a more uh, interesting personality, or maybe I have better business acumen. Who knows? Yeah. It. It's. But all all that you can do is do the best you can within the. <laughs> you know, within the so,
1: confines of what you have going on. Right. Yeah. But
0: the the main the main crux of it is. The, the at least what the song tries and focuses on is it's love. Mm-hmm. It's love for what you do. It's a love and it's a an adherence to craftsmanship. It's an adherence to, you know, you're gonna get knocked down a lot. Yeah. You're gonna just have to deal with it. And yeah. but you gotta come back and it's gotta be about love. Is it okay if you stick around for, for another segment here?
1: Yeah. All right, totally. we're running out of time, but I wanna talk to you More about the record, but also you were just in LA for the premiere of a movie that you scored, your very first movie scoring
0: feature film score, yeah.
1: Yeah, Uh, it's called American Violence and it stars Bruce Dern and Denise Richards. Yep. And uh, that's fantastic. And we're going to talk, I'm talking here, if you don't know, with Andrew Jocelyn, who also has a show coming up on February 18th. We'll talk about that a bit. Yes. New record out, Awake at the Bottom of the Ocean. We're going to go back out here with the uh, song Mantra for a Struggling Artist featuring Billy McCarthy of Augustine's on Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM, Seattle's News, Seattle's Talk. It's Kimmy Klein and you're listening to The Remix with Sean Tory.
0: Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others. Even to the dull and ignorant, they too have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons, they are vexatious to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain or bitter, for there will always be greater and lesser persons than yourself.
1: Welcome back to The Remix here on Cairo Radio. My name is Sean. Enjoy your This is the voice of Mark Lanigan on a song called Desiderata from Andrew Jocelyn's debut solo record, Awake at the Bottom of the Ocean. Composer Andrew Jocelyn is here in studio and been chatting with him uh, this hour about his new record and uh, just everything he's got going on with his really cool life and career. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Sean. Good to have you here. Um, so we were just talking uh, about Desiderata. That's how I say it? Desiderata. Desiderata. I think that's how you say it, yeah. All right, Desiderata. Things to be desired. I okay.
0: Think, of things of desiring, something like that. Okay. I think that's what it is.
1: So when I first listened to this song, and by the way, this song has a music video featuring your half-brother, which I didn't realize, Chris yeah. Kattan of <laughs> yep. SNL fame.
0: Uh-huh.
1: What? I want to talk to you about that, as well as your L.A. Uh, movie premiere thing that you just that you just uh, you were just at yeah but um des des deser, deser, desiderata desiderata <laughs> so Mark Lanigan is it's a spoken word song something yeah. I did not expect uh, from this record I was expecting some screaming trees
0: howls and stuff no but no. so what it's,
1: how did this song come about so
0: um, the original beat for the song was a um, it was a it was a a hip hop beat that uh, Ryan Lewis and I were working on for the heist, and it never oh. made it onto the record, mm. and then it just kind of wallowed in uh, the back burner world. And I just like was always in love with that track. And I reached out to Ryan. And I was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm I'm in need of more tracks for my record, and I really really love that. Can I have a chance at like just opening it up and changing it and just reinventing it. And he was like, yeah, man, here. He just sent me the stems. That's and cool. I went in and just added, added new drums, added horns, added full strings. And then I was just kind of sitting with it. And I was like, it's just kind of felt like me just rehashing out like an old song. It just, it didn't quite feel like a hundred percent like me mm-hmm. yet. And I didn't quite know what to do with it. And, the, the poem Desiderata is by Max Ehrman and it's from 1927. Okay. And it was, you know, it's had kind of various manifestations in pop culture. And my parents, like I never knew any of that history, but my parents had a sewn version of it in their bathroom, oh and really just, of, and the I, and, of the whole poem of the whole poem so like I would you know going to the bathroom as a kid I'm just like oh hey <laughs> you know go placidly amid the haste and it's like yeah. you know and I, I grew up with that and it became this bizarre like little mantra of sorts of for a better way of living almost kind of like a here is your you know commandments of how to be a better human being right. you know I don't, and it, it just it kind of stuck so deeply with me like you know and it's not it's it's plight it's, it's, it's strong it's it's also very, like, I don't know, it, it's, for lack of a better word, it's wholesome. I don't know. Sure. But it's it's one of these things where it's like, so with this record, being that it was such a journey, I kind of wanted to have, like, an emotional core to the record, like a come to come to realization, a realization, a come to a balance, you mm-hmm. know, like, because there's some songs that are really dark, you know. There's a lot of heart on the sleeve kind of lyrics, right. you know. One song is about my brother. You know, one song's about the fire, you know, it's, oh, wow. songs are about ex, exes and breakups and, you know. Yeah, so there's
1: a, there's a lot of there's emotion. There's a lot of
0: emotional stuff. And I, and, and I really didn't pull my punches. Like, So I what
1: made there. you choose Mark Lanigan for this one? Did he just seem I, like an obvious fit? F- well, it was regarding it was, his voice. It was and... so
0: weird because it's like it was. So the track with the horns and everything almost had this Quentin Tarantino vibe. Definitely, like yeah. you're just like, man, this like feels like the the part three for like Kill Bill or something, you know? And it's just like, yeah. man, like, i I wanted a, I, I wanted a world weary voice, something that really kind of felt the lyrics mm-hmm. and wasn't like, you know, <sighs> I don't know. It's it just felt right. Like to have Lanigan do it. And yeah. The producer, um, Martin Favier, um, Martin and I worked together on Mark's uh, record Imi- Imitations, mm-hmm. which was a cover album that he did, like Andy Williams and Nina Simone and Frank Sinatra covers, mm-hmm. but in like. The grunged out, you know, oh, you know, screaming trees style, very and cool. it was just so cool to be a part of. And so, and,
1: what was the decision to have Mark read? I mean, obviously, it's a poem, and so it's mostly probably heard as a uh, read and not yeah, sung. Right? So was that why? Well, Mark he has a uh, great singing voice and obviously holy. a great reading voice. Yeah. So was well, there Martin, a decision? Martin
0: was the one that really pushed it. Like I, I was skeptical. I was like, I have no idea if Mark's gonna want to do this. Yeah. And I was like, I really wanted Mark to sing a tune on my record, but apparently he's he's very he's very particular about like the speed, the you know, he, like he'll. I think he only does his own top line, meaning he only sings his own lyrics. Mm. And oh, really? Like it was only it was one of those things where I was just like, well, you know, I think this might be a, a like. All we would need from him is just to read the poem into an iPhone, and then we could use that. Oh, wow. So is that would happen. That's that's it. So like that's he just, audios from an iPhone. Yeah. He just read the poem into his iPhone. That's crazy. And Martin just put it into the track. We chopped it up, moved it around just so it matched the yeah. music, and that was it. And so and it worked. It was just so it, – it, all of a sudden the track just went – and, and it, it came was, together. It came together and I was like, wow. And the I,
1: video stars your half brother, yep. Chris Catan. Yeah. Have you worked with Chris before?
0: I've never worked with my brother before. We've always kind of joked that it would be fun. Like, you know, we we were both in entertainment, but like we had so such different paths yeah. into our careers. And like we never he never helped me out with anything that I've been doing with my life and vice versa. Like I never had any influence and it was one of those things we always. And that's the way you wanted it. Yeah. Well, because it was kind of weird because it's like he became famous when I was in eighth grade. Right. So through eighth grade high school, through college, everyone was like, Oh my God, you're Chris Kattan's brother. And I lived in that shadow for better or worse, like, I didn't mind it because sometimes, like, it got me tickets into cool social events, like, because I was a dorky kid in high school, Uh so I got invited to sometimes the cool kid parties because I was Chris Kattan's little bro. That's cool. So I was like, cool, that's great. You know, I have so many fond memories about that, but it was always something that, like, for my brother and I, you know, he's 12 years older, Okay. so it's been kind of, like, a a very interesting childhood because it's, like, you know... Uh, with yeah, you know, I don't even know how else to describe it. You know, half siblings. You know, you have. There's always those kind of different parents, and sure, figure, negotiate that terrain. So, how did this come together with you finally
1: working with him for the first time, and did you have I, input with on the video? Did you choose him? Tell me a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah.
0: So, um, I so the the director for the vi- for the video um, is another Bainbridge Island. Uh, kid. Okay. Um, so uh, long story short, all my brother, myself, and Garrett, the director, we all went to Bainbridge High School. So, um, Garrett, he was the one that was like, well, would it be a long shot to try and get your brother in this? And I was like, ah, that might be kind of a that's, that's uh, I don't know yeah you know and Garrett was already doing a video shoot for another band um, like a country rock band that he was working with down in the Salton Sea, mm-hmm. which is like just east of Los Angeles. It's you know the site where. Uh, A dam broke and a whole big lake was formed. And then Bombay Beach and all these like little resort towns that like the beach boys were all like, oh, hey, this is like this little. That's cool. Yeah. So it was like, you know, halfway between Los Angeles and Vegas. So it was like a cool little stop off ground for people to have like a beach resort. Right. And it was a huge thing back in the day. But then the water got super salty because there was no outlet. And then all the fish they dumped in there died. And it became toxic, and then there was like all this other stuff. So it's literally like you walk into a ghost town.
1: Wow. Okay. And And that's where the video is set. Yeah.
0: And that's where the video was set. And we we love the idea of my brother out in the desert so much. Like, were you surprised that he said yes? Yeah, I was actually, because like I never I never ask him for favors. Not not in that way. Like I never because I always kind of I I respect him so much. Like I don't want to. I always feel like my what I'm doing is kind of like kid stuff. Like. Hey, bro, do you want to? Totally. Um, I mean, like, especially if you grew up like, in like his like, shadow. Yeah, it's like my big bro. Like, hey,
1: bro, do you
0: yeah. want to be a part of my art school project? Yeah.
1: Like, but he's got to know exactly what you've got going on these days, right? I mean, yeah, you guys and, probably keep in touch.
0: No, absolutely. Right? And I think that's, I, I we, that was, I think it was so empowering and amazing for both of us to be like wow we're working together yeah and it's <laughs> not know? weird no and it wasn't weird it wasn't like yeah it's a p- like yeah i p- i pity you i'll I'll, right. I'll be involved right like, he was excited about it too that's like, cool I think the only thing was we just had to drive out in the middle of the desert like for five hours and we're, we're both like just exhausted and it like <laughs> you know it's like poisonous air out there so we're <laughs> Right, well,
1: that'll help influence your next record. It'll be super-duper psychedelic or something. (laughs) Well, Andrew, we're running out of time here uh, in this segment, but I'd love you to stick around if you could. I mean, come on, we might as well finish out the show with Andrew Jocelyn. It's the Andrew Jocelyn Show here on Cairo Radio. My name is Sean. Um, when we come back, Andrew, though, I'd love to talk to you about your recent travels to L.A. because you scored your first movie and intended the premiere for it, which is totally cool. So we're going to go out here with uh, Desiderata featuring Mark Lanigan from Andrew Jocelyn's debut solo record, Awake at the Bottom of the Ocean, here on the remix, Cairo Radio 97.3 FF.
0: are born Hi, my name is Andrew Jocelyn. I am a Seattle composer, and you are listening to The Remix.
1: (gasps) Welcome back to The Remix here on Cairo Radio. My name is Sean. This is a song called Plastic Heaven featuring Will Jordan from composer Andrew Jocelyn's debut solo record it is a great record I've been chatting with Andrew this entire hour but uh, Andrew what I'd love to get into this segment is your travels to LA and your your de- your uh, another debut for you scoring your first feature film how did this all come about
0: the director for the film so I had submitted my my portfolio of randomness because I, I I'd done some like little independent short, films but nothing like crazy crazy like nothing of this scope never right. a feature film and so I had my record that I hadn't released yet I had like all these like little weird independent stuff you know random commercial stuff and, and all the plethora of bands I've worked with right so I just sent a smattering over to the director and was like good luck <laughs> <laughs> like hopefully I get a call back yeah Um. a couple of months passed by and then I, I got a call directly wow the director, from the director from the director and he's like I got a film and we have four weeks to delivery. I don't have a composer. Um, We are on a super tight budget, super tight schedule. Like we, you know, we've vetted a lot of different composers and we didn't, you know, we don't feel like, we didn't feel like their sound really fit, but we think you would be a great fit for this. I was like, somehow you were able to sift through my randomness and yeah. come up with that? Yeah. Cool, yes. Wow. So then was so, the next
1: step flying down to... Uh, no, it was similar. more like
0: they just sent me stuff and I just started writing. Oh, really? Yeah. So was, they sent you movie clips and stuff? Yeah, or? literally they would send me a reel. So a reel is about like 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. And I would see the film and they would give me notes on like two minutes and 42 seconds. This is going to be a dark scene. Sometimes they'll give me what's called a temp score, which is like a a reference track. Like here's something from a Thomas Newman score that we kind of thought would fit. And then I would get feedback and be like, well, that works or this doesn't work. How about I'm going to try and change this and do this. This needs more energy here. Wow. So would
1: you watch it first? Completely without any music, and just kind of watch the film in silence just to get a feel for, um, for it, or what was I, your process? I,
0: both I, yeah. I watched it with their score, without the score, with um, trying to imagine what a score would be like. I even did it where I would play a violin along to the full thing just wow. to just kind of like get ideas out and just start throwing it at the page. Were and you I, freaking out, man, knowing yes. you only
1: had four weeks? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely was losing my mind. Yeah. It was, I was calling friends that had been scoring for years and being like, I, I, I don't have a um, process for this. I've right. you know, been working with bands and other artists and, you know, short films forever. So I knew I had like my my bag of tricks and my toolkit all lined up and i knew exactly how to handle those kind of projects yeah but when you're offered like a like an hour and you know like 90 90 minute film like that's like like i had 77 minutes of music to fill yeah so then and like so you're writing you' are you're so
1: you start writing for this music and for the film and then yeah. you have to bring in your orchestra right well, or have
0: the budget was so tight literally the, i can literally say without um and this is not uh you know uh, uh gloating like i i did 98% of the soundtrack all by myself wow
1: playing and just everything here
0: like literally the string orchestras was like i would play first violin and i would p- switch between a couple of different violins that i own record it and then record another take record another take wow. record another take literally i'd have eight violins for the first violin section i'd pan those all to like the left hemisphere and then I do the second violin section the violas the cellos and like literally at the end I have this like you know 40 piece orchestra for a cue but it was like um, I mean it was so overwhelming and like I, I actually like you know word to the wise like don't for four weeks straight, pull 14 to 16 hour work days. Like I got yeah. tendonitis in both hands. Did you
1: really? I did. Wow. Yeah.
0: And it was it because I hadn't ramped myself up and I wasn't working at that uh,
1: output level. Yeah. And so, so obviously they they liked what you did because they it, loved it, it made the film and yeah. you went down to the premiere in LA just uh, a yeah. couple no, of weeks they, ago.
0: Absolutely, the, the, the director was just like, he he gave me a special shout out at the end of the film. He's like, hey guys, like wow. you have to realize that this guy did the <laughs> film. Like this is not just a, you know, a production house deal. This yeah. is this kid did the whole entire thing. And like, you know, I've always my my music has always been narrative driven, um, whether I like to admit it or not. Mm-hmm. Like, just because playing the violin, violin and viola and cello. Those instruments are so close to the human voice. They just they they're emotive. Mm-hmm. You know, you play them and it's like, "Oh, I feel something." You know, and it's like Yes, yeah. As opposed to like uh, I don't know, like a ukulele, you know, which is it's a little bit more far-fetched from sure, the Sure, which makes voice. you feel like you're in Hawaii or something. Right, you right. So, I, it 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 just makes sense that like I'm getting more and more involved in this kind of like, you know, narrative cinema yeah. and stuff. And like, I love it, you know, because it's like the difference between that and working with like a band like Jeremy Enoch or Macklemore is mm-hmm. the fact that I have a scene, there's nothing. Right. It is completely dead without the music. They, they could be shooting at each other and it's completely dead. And it's- right. And you have to be like, oh, I, it needs yeah. a cello or whatever. Even playing just one note and holding it changes the, it's like you all of a sudden, you know, it's like doing color correction on the film. It's all of a sudden it's dark. All of a sudden it's light. All of a sudden, it's like, it's this, it's it's crazy.
1: Let's uh, talk about your show. Yes. Uh, It's happening on February 18th. It's part of the Seattle Secret Shows. Kristen and Carrie Watt put this on and Mm -hmm. they are, awesome yes Um, what can you tell me we have just a few more minutes in this segment but what can you tell me about the show who's going to be performing will you actually have some singers from the record Yes. what's going on
0: all I can say is there's some unexpected special guests Um, I can't say who's performing, but there is some people that were from the record. Cool. So if you want tickets, you can either go to andrewjocelynmusic.com or you can go, there's tickets still at brownpapertickets.com. Yeah, I'm really excited to see
1: what you do uh, on stage with this show because the album, from what I've heard, I haven't had a chance to listen to the entire thing, but we've been playing songs from the record today. And from what I've heard, I really enjoy it. It's it's just so it's, it's just so different. It's, it's a cinematic you know? trip. And it it's really like, is,
0: you know. And like I, I always look at artists like uh, David Axelrod and like you know these guys that like will they, it's like they bring the pop, like the orchestral pop thing. And yeah. It's like no one no one's really doing it. There's there's some people that will do it in different manifestations, but it's like I really like I don't know. Like I love I think creating popular music with those instruments. Like, it's it's so much fun.
1: Can I ask you now what's next? I mean, I know this record came out just days ago. Yeah. But it seems like you've got so many projects and now this the, the film scoring. Right. I mean, I'm sure you're already thinking ahead.
0: Yeah, well, I um, I mean, I'm ju- just wrapping up some work with Jeremy Enoch on a new record with him. Um, yeah, I definitely, I want to, this this record was so galvanizing for me. Like I, it, it first started off as like just a journey to try and figure out what my voice is. Right, and then now I'm like, oh my god, I have a voice. <laughs> uh, what do I uh, do now? Now what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> like now I like I you know it's it's like the floodgates have been opened, and now I'm like I just want to keep on writing for film, for TV, for this, for that, and it's like now it's like I can't. It's it's now you can't just, stop. Can't You're like stop. the
1: Energizer Bunny. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, awake at the Bottom of the Ocean yep. is the name of your record. Um, AndrewJocelynMusic.com is where people can find out more about you. Um, Andrew, this has been fantastic. It's been really cool learning about you and, and, and hearing your music. And um, We're going to go out here uh, with a song called Plastic Heaven featuring Will Jordan. Again, Andrew Jocelyn, Awake at the Bottom of the Ocean. Uh, this is Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM, Seattle's new Seattle's Talk. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.